Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and where the studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the nation. Welcome back to Cricket by Dummies here on Sin 90.7 FM. Is that something you ever thought you'd hear me say, Lachlan Ross? No, it, it's still, even though it's our second episode, it's still, you know, crazy to think that we're actually doing radio on a radio station as opposed to radio on a non-radio station. Yeah, I do love a good non-radio station where they play nothing but non-radio. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the new thing, actually. It's like the new trend. We are creating... The trends here. Watch Twitter blow up tonight. <laughs> Definitely. It's been an exciting week in the world of cricket. Not only have we had international matches as well as, uh, not necessarily a conclusion, but the JLT starting to wrap up, but it was also the bringing back of local level cricket started this week. Very exciting stuff. And we're going we're gonna to talk about a couple of our horror stories from local level cricket tonight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to revealing my worst run out ever, which... There's, there was actually too many to choose from, which was really <laughs> concerning. No, but uh, how did you go on the weekend, Alex? Just just out of interest, because I know you're such a talented young cricketer. Oh, uh, you know, I made a very impressive three. Yeah, was it was it actually an impressive three? It actually was, was an impressive three. It was it was you know how we talked to Rob Quine in last week and uh, Mickey Arthur said it was the best night he'd ever made. Yep. This was up there with the best threes I'd ever seen. Like, was very solid, faced about twenty balls, and then got a Yorker on. Pretty much off the middle, jammed it into the ground, it rolled through and just took off the off bail. Oh, no. So yeah. you didn't score more than half your runs through the slip cordon? No, not this week, luckily. All of them down fine lake this week. <laughs> oh, well, that's a that's a definitive improvement there. It shows you the standard of batting that we have. Um, what else have we got this week? We're, we will continue with, as always, our new segment in which we talk about what else is happening. We're going to do a preview of the Women's Ashes, which starts on Sunday. I don't know about you. I'm very excited. I am very excited for this as well. And it's going to be broadcast pretty well by our Channel 9. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching it. And I'm sure a lot of Australia will too. Yeah, I'm super keen. It's going to be great. Also, we'll be talking about the T20 series in India, which is just wrapped up uh, with the third washed out T20 on Thursday. And then you're going to close out the show today with, um, you're telling me it's something about Steve Irwin? Uh, it could be related. Yeah. I wasn't actually planning on relating it to that, but you know what? Force my hand, Alex. Force my hand. <laughs> That'll give everyone a teaser later. But first, in cricket news this week, let's talk about this idea of the Test Championship. Would you like to explain it for everyone? So the Test Championship, um, which will begin in July of 2019, uh, it will start off with actually the Ashes series when Australia's in England. It's essentially just like nine of the Test nations, so it's only not including... Ireland, Afghanistan, and Zimbabwe. Um, nine test nations will play, I believe, at six series over a couple of years. And essentially every test series will um, matter in terms of uh, points. It'll be like a table sort of thing. It's like a league, to put it simply. And a whole series it counts as like one game. And each ga- series is worth two points. And essentially you will build a lump sum of points. And at the end there will be a final. I believe. It's just the one final at the end. Yeah, so it's going to be a one-test final that's looking likely going to be at Lord's. And essentially the whole point of this is it makes more tests more relevant. Um, 
Like, there's no such thing as a series that doesn't matter. If Australia goes to Bangladesh, they can't take it not seriously because it doesn't matter. You actually have to beat Bangladesh, which we didn't do, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it it's meant to bring make everything mean a bit more, which I'm all for, and it's something new. It's something... And test cricket's weird because it's the sort of thing where I, you don't normally think you need something new for it because it's all about the tradition and all that. But I think it's good. I think cricket needs something occasionally just to spice it up. And T20 did that about 10 years ago, it must be now. Almost and 15, I reckon. It's yeah, been around a while. It has. And now this is just like the next step of changing everything up. There's going to be an ODI championship as well, but I don't think that's gotten as much attention because there's a World Cup for it anyway, whereas this this is the Test Championship. I'm a fav- in favour of it. I imagine like the Test Final would be awesome to watch. Um, it'll be probably the most meaningful Test. It might oust the ashes even but um i don't know i'm a big fan of it are you um i'm not necessarily think it's a bad idea but i'm not sold that this is necessarily a good idea uh i agree i think the final's going to be awesome i think that'll be so great to have two years of building up tension in the two best sides in the world get to finally come together and have one showdown for it all um i do have several concerns with the idea as a whole firstly what you said about bringing more games into relevance i don't agree with that i reckon it's actually going to make more games irrelevant because what happens to a side like i don't know even a, a side that's not quite on the cusp of the top few but maybe the next year down so like your new zealand's and pakistan's who have pushed to being in the top few in the past what happens if they get 15 months into a 24 month cycle realize they're not near the top and what are they going to do for the rest of their series? Like, they're going to go and play away in Australia against an Australia side that needs the points, and they don't. It's going to be so one-sided, it's ridiculous. So I have concerns in regards to that. And also, one of the issues we've seen with the Sheffield Shield final um, is that quite often the team that finishes on top will just bat for as long as they can in the first day, play out a draw. Yeah. Um, or at least try and take first innings points, depending on how it works. So... It'll be curious to see because we we the whole point of playing quite a few tests is we doesn't have to come down to one test. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. I'm very excited. I feel like those problems would come more down the track. I feel like the first time around everyone will just be excited for it. But I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it and I'm I'd imagine all the players are and let's be honest, if New Zealand's coming over to Australia, they want to beat us. <laughs> Regardless of whether they're out of it, there is nothing like beating the other team from across the Dutch. I think um, England, India, and New Zealand, no matter what happens in cricket for the rest of time, we will always want to be them. Yeah. There's just something about it. Uh, We will be back with more news after this song, which is Illy Paper Cuts. You're listening to Sin 90.7 FM here, Cricket by Dummies with Alex and Chuck, and it's time for the news. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I love a good sound effect, don't you? I always do good sound effects for you, Alex. What happened in the world of cricket this week? Well, South Africa beat Bangladesh again. <laughs> and I feel and like we no shouldn't one was go... Shocked. Yeah. Well, do you know what's actually the saddest thing that came out of this, right? So they lost to South Africa um, in... Was it just the one ODI? No, they lost them in the first two tests. Yeah, but they played the ODI this week as well. Yes, the ODI yes. was yesterday. Um, yeah, we did the two tests last week. They also played a Cricket South Africa 11, which like is the equivalent of the Cricket Australia 11, which is a joke, and it's the rejects from everywhere, and they lost. This is a <laughs> national side that lost to a bunch of rejects. If you're going to lose to the bunch of rejects, right, 
There is no point playing South Africa because the f- result is foregone. Absolutely they're, foregone. Yeah, they may as well have just sent the cricket South Africa eleven to just play South Africa, and it probably would have been a closer game. Yeah, I know. It's like it could have been like a tri series. That would have been much more interesting. And we don't be, often get to see that. And to be honest, Bangladesh would have loved to leave South Africa <laughs> by about now. They haven't won anything. And it's unsurprising that when they did lose in the first ODI to South Africa, it was by 10 wickets. 10 wickets. Which is just a, an enormous margin. Yep. Yeah, so South Af- uh, Bangladesh posted two... I don't think we actually have the scores. They posted about 270. Yep. Um, and South Africa were none down in response. Quinton de Kock hit 168, not out. Hashim Amla hit just over 100. It was about as one-sided of a batting performance as you can get, really. It was incredible. Um, also, in cricket scores this week, Pakistan is continuing their series against Sri Lanka. We were talking about the second test as it was happening last week. Uh, Sri Lanka had made 482 and Pakistan 262 in the first innings. And last we left off, Sri Lanka had collapsed to 5 for 34 and we thought Pakistan might actually have a chance of winning it from there. They fell apart from then on, continued to only make 96, which pretty low second innings. Settings, uh, Pakistan only about 310 to win, roughly. And unfortunately, Pakistan fell well short. Uh, Shahik hit a fighting century. Um, this means that Sri Lanka now jump above Pakistan in the test rankings. Pakistan, who were just within a year ago, were top of the rankings. Yeah, they've fallen from grace very, very quickly. And... You didn't expect them to lose to Sri Lanka. Yeah, no, it's not like we lost to Sri Lanka. Silence. (laughs) I think that's the perfect um, response for that. No, we would never lose to Sri Lanka. No, we're far too good to lose to Sri Lanka. Australia's perfect. They've also had the first ODI over there with Pakistan comfortably accounting for Sri Lanka. Babarazam, the good old left-hander, hit 100. This is a different Pakistan side, though, the ODI side. Um... Muhammad Hafiz and uh, Shab Malik are still playing inside. They both contributed. Malik hit 80, Hafiz hit 40 odd. Um, yeah, it's so it's good older. to see some of the older boys getting some runs over there. Yeah, it's an interesting tactic because you don't see it in Australia anymore. No, it's like, all about youth here. Do you think you'd ever see a Mike Hussey anymore come in at age 30 and be a brilliant player? No, mm. they'd just pick a 22 year old. Yeah, like, with like a lot of potential right. and no real talent. Yeah. which was a cut wrong decision to be honest speaking of of a lot of potential and no real talent let's talk about the Marsh Brothers (laughs) they've had a really good JLT they've had a fantastic JLT like Western Australia's actually been pretty good which is unusual but no, what what have the Marsh Brothers done for us, Alex? Uh, so they have been utterly comprehensive this season in a WA side which has won all but two of their games and will be playing in the finals um, starting on Thursday, I think we said the final yep. start. Um, Sean has been averaging 95 with the bat, whilst Mitch has been averaging 129. So pretty comprehensive from them. Maxi Clean has been averaging 60-something as well. WA is in total control, even without Berendorf, who we will talk about later. There have been some other interesting things going on in the JLT. Nick Maddinson has had quite an impressive JLT so far. He's averaging about 66 with the bat. Very, very good batsman. We all know that, especially in the short form. But he had another weird statistic to go along with him this season. Chuck, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, he uh, he didn't bowl a ball and he got a wicket for one run. In a match. In a match. Yeah. So he didn't bowl. So literally when you look at this statistic as it is, yeah. He never made it to the bowling crease, but he got a wicket <laughs> and he conceded a run. So 0.0 overs, one for one. Those were his figures coming into the match. Now, for those that might have pieced it together, technically that means he hasn't actually bowled a legal delivery. So what happened was he's come on first ball, the opposition and nine down, 
fires one down the lake side and he's had him stumped. Phil Neville gets him out stumped and that's it. Nick Madison ends with one for one off zero legal deliveries. It's yep. quite incredible. Gets the leg side wide as the one run and the stumping, which is just unusual. I've never seen something like this before. And I know when we both looked at it, we were both like, wait a second. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> and we actually thought it was the technology's um, incorrect at yep. first because, you know, you always blame technology. You know, <laughs> technology can't be correct. No, it was. And then you look at it, it's like it's a it's a stumping down leg side. Oh, my God. It's like a cricket puzzle. Yeah, it is. Very it, unique situation. We need to start a quiz show. And it's just like, one day, Nick Madison went 0.0 overs, one for one. How? Explain. Yeah. <laughs> that would be quite interesting. Um, with the series wrapping up, South Australia's a side that's also had a pretty good campaign and is also likely going to end up in the finals. Um, Joe Many has again been the pick of the bowlers for them. He's been incredibly impressive. Uh, he's the leading wicket-taker in the comp with 12, I believe, so far with a game to go. He's averaging 19. And I believe you're not a big Joe Many fan, or are no, you a big Joe Many fan? I am a big Joe Many fan. So you are? because Just purely and superficially off his name. It is such like a... It's such a commoner's name. It's just like <laughs> Joe Many. And it's just he sounds like a nice guy just from that name. Like, oh, yeah, Joe Many's just uh, walking around the block. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that was going there. No, it, it it should be inspiring to us all out there that people like us with can normal succeed. names. I have the most normal name ever. My name is Alex Henry. It is as bland as it gets. See, are you inspired that someone else with a bland I name am. can play for South Australia and I be am. the leading wicket taker in the very, very prestigious JLT Cup? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He has inspired me at least a little bit to think that I could also do the same. Now, if I didn't bowl five overs on the weekend in the fourth division and going for forty plus, then maybe <laughs> I would think. Forty plus. <laughs> then maybe I could think that I might actually make it to Australian standard. But unfortunately, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> you did not tell me that. So. The the JLT wraps up this week with the finals, uh, the elimination finals on Thursday, and then the grand final will be on Saturday. Um, at this stage, South Australia and Western Australia, I believe, have already qualified, as we said. And Victoria look likely to qualify. However, if Tasmania thrash Queensland, I think it's tomorrow? If, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, yes. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Yep. If they thrash them, then Tasmania might get through on uh, its sort of like a point system for thrashing people a bit more, but I won't go into too much detail about that. Now we're going to cut to another music break. Here is Chandelier. 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 Chandler. <laughs> Here is Chandler from Friends. <laughs> That's Here, what we got into. Here is Chandelier by Sia. That was Chandelier, not Chandler. <laughs> that was Chandelier by Sia. You are here on Sin 90.7 FM with Cricket by Dummies. And now... We go to the women's Ashes preview, which I'm actually really excited for. Uh, not the well, not the preview, the actual Ashes. <laughs> I'm excited for both. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can be excited for both. So we've just got like a bunch of talking points, um, things that we think may shape the series in one way or another. Alex, did you want to start? Yeah, so I wanted to first explain to those that don't follow women's cricket that closely how the Ashes work, because it's a little bit different. In the men's, it's just who wins the most of the tests, right? But the women um, only play one test per Ashes generally, so it works a little different. So there's going to be three ODIs, one test, and three T20s. Each of the ODIs and the T20s are worth two points each, and then the test is worth four points. So come the end of the series, it's just whoever has the most points. Yep, that's the Pretty simple simplest way of putting it. And then if it's tied, whoever won it last obviously retains the trophy. Which is Australia! 
Aussie, Honestly, Aussie. though, people should start following the women's cricket team more because yet we went through the Australian team's rankings last week, right? Yeah. And it was what was it? It was like third, fourth, and seventh, or something, something, something along like that. Yeah. yeah. And you look at the women's team, and it's second, but it's like equal first. Really. Yes, yeah, pretty much equal first. If they win, pretty much if they win the first ODI, then they'll go above them. I mean. And for a while, they don't actually hold the um, ODI World Cup or the T20 World Cup at the moment, but like they've held them for like... They won them like five times in a row. Yeah, the, yeah. they held them for such a sustained period of time. Yeah. And it's like, this is a bad drought we're going through and it's we're second in the world. It's good. It's very similar in the situation to... I know a lot of people since the Socceroos have been a lot less um, impressive over the last few years that they've gone and started watching the Matildas because the Matildas are awesome. Yeah. Like watching the likes of Sam McCurry saying, you get to watch an Australian team be more successful. Well, go watch the Australian women's cricket team because not only are they incredibly talented, like they're really good. They're winning stuff in general. And I'm going to be backing them into this Ashes just a spoiler for our predictions. Yeah. But it's... Sorry. People say that it's not as entertaining because obviously they can't hit it as far, which is true. But, like, it's not about just about, like, the big hits and all that. Like, the game, they still have really close games. Technically, if the games are lower scoring, you're more likely to be close. Um, I don't think there's that many teams that are on the same level as Australia and England in the women's game. Yeah, it's really about India, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, New Zealand's pretty close as well. Yeah. But it's kind of like just those four teams. But they're all pretty close. Like, Australia just edges out most of them most of the time. But then England's the number one team in the world at the moment. I think women's cricket's really good to watch. I always try and watch it. I should watch more, honestly. Anyways, we can go into the series now and where the teams are at. Did you want to do this, Alex? Yeah, let's go. So we'll talk about the last Ashes, which was 2015 in uh, over in England, which Australia won 10-6, which sounds like a strange scoreline, but we won, uh, we won the ODI series 2-1. Um, we won the tests 1-0 and England took the T20s 2-1. So after all of that, technically, we won. Um, these sides have actually faced each other quite a few times in the last few years since then. First of all, there was the World Cup game. We actually faced them in the World Cup earlier this year where they beat us in an incredible game by three runs in the group stage, which was just fantastic. Highly suggest people go back and watch that. England, just to give an idea of their form, actually went on to win the World Cup. They're a very formidable side. They beat India in the final in an incredible game, which was again decided by, I think, about eight runs. Yeah. So both of these sides are in incredible form. I know you were researching that the Australia side won the last T20 World Cup. No, they didn't. I just no. No, they lost they were in the up. final. Yes. Yeah, they lost in the final after knocking England out in the semi-final. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was. It. That's. A, I'll actually make that point. A point though. It's actually interesting because when you look at the Australian um, Ashes for the men's, you're looking at purely test form. But this, you have to look at everything. You have to look at the fact that who's the better T20 side, who's the better ODI side, and who's the better test side. It's, I don't know, it's an interesting way of doing it. I know I was sceptical when it came out, but I don't know. Would it be something we could do in the men's? Maybe. It's something to consider, definitely. Let's talk about the teams because each of them have a couple superstars on their side. Of course, Meg Lanning is missing, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, and it's a big deal for Australia. But we still have some of the best players in the world. Don't let that get you down. First of all, the big name, Elise Perry. She is the number two ranked bowler in the world and the number five ranked batsman, I believe. Well, I had a look at like the rankings for T20s and ODIs, and she is in the top 10 of the bowlers, batsmen, and all-rounders for all of them bar one, which was like batting in T20. Yeah, she's So in five of the six good. things, she's top 10. It's ridiculous. She's so good across the board. 
will be great to see her do her stuff. One interesting thing about her, she's never scored a century. She, for all the amazing innings she's done, she's never scored a century at international level. I remember at one point during last year when she was on her incredible streak, she hit six fifties in a row without scoring a century. Which is yep. just a combination of incredible talent and just bad luck. <laughs> yeah, well, and not going on with it. Yep. Uh, another star for the Australian team is Alex Blackwell. Fantastic batsman. Middle order batsman. Been, yeah, been in the team a while. Really reliable. Very exper- yeah, very experienced, very reliable batsman. Uh, also, Nicole Bolton, someone newer on the scene, who's been doing very well in the JLT version for the Women's um, Domestic Cup called the WNCL Cup. I believe it is. Yep. Uh, she scored 125 recently, which is just an enormous score, men or women's game. Yep. Um, and then... She will wanna... likely end up uh, opening the batting for Australia in most of these series, probably even the test. Um, for the for the English side, I've been doing quite a bit of research on them lately. Um, they have some seriously good players, which we are going to live in fear of. Um First of all, with the batting lineup, Natalie Siver is a fantastic player, an all-rounder that's dangerous with the ball as well. Seriously good batsman. Um, she was incredibly impressive with the World Cup. And, of course, uh, Sarah Taylor, the young gun that's just set the world alight over the last few years. She's an absolute jet. <laughs> yeah, she's been a good batsman for quite a while. I wouldn't call her a young gun, but she's... Oh, she's on the younger side from memory. She, I believe she's 28. Anyways, that's a side point. Na- uh, Natalie Siver is like their version of Elise Perry. Yeah, very dangerous uh, bat and ball. Someone to watch out for. It will be interesting to see who wins like that head to head duel because that may um end up determining the series. Uh, you've also got Tammy Beaumont, who was the player of the World Cup. Yeah, scored was the leading run scorer quite comfortably from yeah. memory in the end, and she was incredibly impressive across the whole World Cup. Yep, just gonna. She's just going to be really consistent as yep. well in this um, series, and that's going to be dangerous for Australia. There are so many dangerous players on both sides, is what I realised. These are two very good sides. Yeah, uh, each of them have some of the world's best. Like even just looking at the some of the bowlers for the sides. So we already talked about Elise Perry for Australia, but um, we have some of the highest ranked bowlers in the world. Uh, Jess Jonasson is an incredibly good bowler. Her left arm spin is really dangerous, really hard to uh, battle with. And then the two, uh, the quick. Megan Shirt and Kristen Beams as leg spinners are very dangerous. It's just the the batting lineup without Meg Lanning could be a little bit fragile. We'll see how it goes. But the bowling attack is very, very strong. They're yes. not going to have any issues bowling England out, I think. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah, I can see that. Although the English batting lineup is certainly The English nothing. batting lineup is very good. Um, and then from there, the bowlers for the English side are Catherine Brunt and Anya Shrubsel, who are just two fantastic bowlers as well. Yeah, Brunt, I believe, is, uh, I think, the number two ranked bowler in the world. Yeah. She's uh, been in, around for a while, an incredibly good bowler. Anya Shrubsel is one that's really interesting. For those that followed the, the Women's One Day World Cup, which happened uh, a few months ago, she set the final absolutely alight, taking six wickets in the final, including the last five of the last six to dismiss the, um, the Indians when they were only about 40 runs short. They were... Three for 170, 80, chasing 220. Yeah. And um, she took five wickets in three or four overs and just changed the game. She was absolutely incredible. Yeah, she stepped up when it mattered. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, the game was on the line and she took it. And um, and then from there, well, we're going to talk about Meg Lanning because she is arguably the best batsman in the world. And what has... do you mean arguably? <laughs> okay. I, I wrote down probably. But... Okay. She is the most dominant batsman in the world in male or female cricket. 
She has been the best batsman in women's cricket for several years, so far and above everyone else. And that's not a disservice to some of the players we talked about from Australia and England and across the rest of the world. But she's shown that in form, she's ridiculously talented, so far better than everyone else. And she will be a massive loss to Australia. Yeah. Well, the thing about Meg Ladding when she bats, she just doesn't look like getting out. That's yep. the thing. She looks invincible. Yeah. Like, that's the best way of putting it. Um, she scores really easily as well. And she bats at number three, I believe, which you don't want to lose your number three. That's no. the most important position on your batting lineup. Big loss for Australia. Also, she's the captain. Yes. So it'll be an inexperienced captain in Rachel Haynes for Australia, who will captain the series. Um, will be interesting to see how she steps up. Yeah, well, I've heard um, I've heard from Meg that um, she's quite a similar captain to uh, her. I didn't actually speak with Meg recently, <laughs> by the way, just to clear that. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely what it sounded like. I was like, when did you have this interview with Meg Lanning that I missed out on? <laughs> oh, we're actually friends. Um, <laughs> no, um, Meg said that she's quite a similar captain to her and that that's why, because um, Rachel wasn't actually the vice captain, but mm. she was picked over the vice captain because she's similar enough to Meg's style of captaincy, which the team is obviously very familiar with and therefore it will bode better for them in the series as a whole. In general? Yeah. yeah. Um, for those that follow the men's more closely, the similar comparison is when George Bailey was captaining the uh, the T20 side and for a while the ODI side as well, in that um, it was a very good player. Nobody disputed that he would, should definitely be in contention for a place. But the fact to pick a player as captain who's not necessarily locking down a, a spot in the side every match, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of an interesting call. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, because if she has some bad form, then it's obviously a very interesting decision that the selectors will have to make. And we both have the utmost confidence in the selectors, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Australian selectors are just nothing but incredible. Never make a bad decision, do they, Sean Marsh? No, no, never. No, Who's Sean Marsh. Sean, who's Sean Marsh? I haven't heard of him. <laughs> Mitch Marsh. <laughs> um, a couple of the other things as we wrap up this segment. Um, there are no games in Melbourne, which we are so frustrated about. I would love to go to a game. Yeah, same. It's, it's an Ashes game. Yeah. Like, if we just took a test away from Brisbane in the men's, it would be outrage. But there's obviously not as much outrage for this because it's not as... Um, Obviously, the media following for women's cricket's not the same, but you're not going to get it any better by not playing games in Melbourne. Yes. There is a big cricket following in Melbourne. Why yep. do you think 100,000 people turn up to Boxing Day? Oh, definitely. I would have been super keen, and I'm disappointed. However, you can catch um, six of the limited overs games on yep. Yeah, so on the channel three nine. ODIs and the three T20s will be on Channel 9, and then the test, you'll be able to stream off cricket.com.au. I think you have to make an account on that, but... I, I will. I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's not very hard. Um, In and saying all this, yes, your prediction. I'm. Oh, you got to back in the Aussies. Like they're strong side. Um, Meg Lanning's a big loss, and I think that will hurt. But I got to back in their bowling attack at home on these conditions. That's the way I'm looking at it. So I will say, two one in the ODIs. I reckon they take the test, and I'm probably actually going to say the same scoreline from the last series. But I'll say two one to England in the T20s. Okay, I'm so tempted to play devil's advocate here <laughs> because this English slide's seriously good. And it they're, is. They're coming in with a bit better form than the Australians. The Australians is not bad by any means, but this English slide's coming in very well. So I'm going to go, it's going to be a tie. Oh, interesting. Which means Australia retains it, but I think... So I, that would mean that, say, for instance, Australia were to take the test... Yeah, I've got it figured out. Okay, yeah. So it'll be 2-1 in the ODI. Yep. England will win the test. Yep. And it'll be 2-1 in the T20s. 
Right. That would be a really interesting situation. We would still retain the Ashes in those circumstances. Yes. So that's definitely something to look forward to there. We'll be back with our wrap-up of the T20 series in India and also a few stories of grade cricket times gone by. But first, Bag Raiders, Shooting Stars. That was Shooting Stars by Bag Raiders. You're back here on Sin 90.7 with Cricket by Dummies. And now, Alex, now we get to move to the exciting stuff. We get to do story time. Yeah, this is a new segment we're going to have here on the show, which we are very excited about. It is us telling you some of our horror stories that we've had playing juniors and grade cricket over the years. And we're going to have a connection online as well. Am I right? Yes, I will plug that at the end of this little bit. But the um, the story we're going to do this week is the worst run out. And by run out, we mean us getting run out, not us running someone else out. Oh, I don't have any good stories of me running other people out. It's usually them just making a mistake and me having to do the really easy part. I don't think I've got a direct hit in about like six years. Yeah, that's an awfully long time. <laughs> so did you want to go first? So I have I have an excellent horror story. I'm sure you'll enjoy this. It begins a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And by <laughs> a galaxy far, far away, I mean like 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> um, I was playing, I believe it was under... 16's cricket. Um, we, were, we were playing our first ever game as, as juniors on a actual pitch. So it was very exciting for us, which doesn't sound like a relevant detail, but I promise it will come back into play. Now, an interesting thing about dirt pitches is that uh, the crease is not as clearly marked as artificial pitches. <laughs> artificial pitches, they are they paint it back on quite <laughs> nice and nice and easily, so you got a nice white stripe, whereas a lot of dirt pitches, especially in the, in the actual area where you bat, it's all cracked up and everything, so you can't see the crease. And a uh, little known fact, most pitchers will have a little indicator about a metre beyond the crease, just like saying that this is the general area of like the space. I don't know what it's for, but there's two little white marks um, on the edge about two metres out uh, from the stump, so about a metre out from the crease. And I was, you know, i just come into bat, ran through for a single after one of my mates hit it through a square leg or something, ran through... Ran into my crease and stopped, and I was like, oh, yeah, all good. Was getting myself prepped for the next ball. And uh, the wicketkeeper took the bales off. And I was like, uh, what are you doing, mate? And then the uh, the square leg umpire gave me out. I was like, what, what's going on? It wasn't like I had, um, I had struggled to make it back. I'd made it back a good three or four seconds before the guy had even caught the ball. Like, I was comfortably in. And then I, uh, and then I looked down, and I hadn't stopped myself inside the crease I had stopped myself just past these indicators a good foot short of the crease. <laughs> so I was given out and my coach at the time, who was a lovely guy, tried to advocate for me, talk to the other umpire who was another dad for the opposition and said, um, nah, come on, man. He's clearly just made a mistake. Like there was no chance of him getting run out. He was in by a mile. Just give him a chance. And the other, the other umpire who was dead was kind of a dick, was, <laughs> was like, nah, he's out. He was out of his crease. He's out. You never entered his crease. And I was I was shattered. I was like, this was a close game. I was like batting at like nine or something. I'd come in. There was only one more wicket after me, I think. I was shattered. I had run myself out in the most stupid way I have ever seen in that I just did not enter my crease. Oh, my God. I actually haven't heard that story before. That's No, I don't think I've ever told you that. That's actually brilliant because... You, you thought you were safe. You're like... Yeah, no, I thought I was fine. I was so confused when he gave me out. And then I looked down and I realised that my life as I knew it was over. And were you having one of your better innings? Were you... Oh, no, I faced like two balls. I was, I was on like one. I was going to... Well, yeah, were you having one of your oh, better yeah, yeah, innings? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you could call that one of my better innings. <laughs> okay. 
What do you got? What have I got? So a few years ago, I was actually filling in for your fourths team. So <laughs> I haven't played cricket like for a whole season six, since 16s, I think it was. That was a long time ago. I was not a good cricket player. And by a long time ago, you mean like three years ago, just for our older listeners out yep. there. <laughs> that, that is a significant portion of my life there, Alex. <laughs> uh, don't try and discredit it. Anyways, so I was filling in for your cricket team and I really didn't want to bat. Like, I don't actually enjoy batting as much. It's a weird thing. I'm. It's kind of like I'm kind of scared, but I'm not. But I don't know. I just don't enjoy it as much. So I go out there and you had pitched it to me as... Um, you know, it was fourth cricket, right? Yeah. So it wasn't going to be that good. And I cut face up to the crease, and the first guy is just, like, bowling some in-swinging darts. <laughs> darts. To be, to be clear, this was a spin bowler bowling in-swinging darts, not a pace bowler. <laughs> it was a spin bowler bowling in-swinging darts, yes. No, yeah. but there was a guy at the other end bowling um, genuinely Mids. okay pace. Anyway, so... Uh, I, I love was... the fact that you call that standard okay pace. Yeah. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> We're not here to discriminate, Alex. Thank yeah. you very much. My apologies. I haven't Keep even going. got to the run out yet. You swear <laughs> I just get bold first ball and I walk off. <laughs> that sounds like the much more realistic <laughs> To be honest, option. what I should have done is just like literally walked out of my... Cr- done a U and stood <laughs> behind the indicator <laughs> and just deliberately made sure I got out. Yeah. And then just looked up, like dumbfounded. Just like, what do you mean? I didn't... I didn't. I was in. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, whilst being probably less talented at cricket than me, you're definitely smarter than me. Yep. So how did you manage to get yourself right out? So I, you know, just settled myself in. I'd actually stolen a cheeky single down to fine league as well. <laughs> Which is the only place you can hit runs if you're bad at cricket. Yes. Just No, there is another place you can hit runs. <laughs> the slip corner. Yes. So I got a nice full delivery and I kind of pushed out to it and I edged it and it's gone through my favourite place, third slip. (laughs) So there was a second slip there, but didn't go to him. No, so it's gone through there and they don't have a third man, for those who don't know. It's like a person essentially almost behind the keeper. I reckon if they're listening to this, they know what a third man is. Okay, I just try and keep it simple. (laughs) Anyways, no, so it's... It's gone to third man, but they don't have a third man, so one of the guys from third slip's running for it. And, so, and as anyone that's played fourth 11 cricket knows, that if you're fielding in slip, speed is not your specialty. Yeah, you are in slip for a reason. <laughs> you're generally the 55-year-old man whose chest is rounding would be a flattering comment. He's clearly spent a lot of time drinking beer in his life. Actually, to be fair, this guy was rather quick. Which oh, was, was he? Uh, oh, of course he was. Keep telling yourself that. Well, it wasn't lightning, but he covered the ground quicker than I thought. Anyways, I am not quick between the wickets at all. At all, I may as well be a 50-year-old man as well. <laughs> Lump me in the same category. Yeah. I'd, I'm just not good with the pads. Anyways, so I run, go to the end, complete the first run, and I turn around and I'm like... Oh, yeah, he's not at the ball yet. I'm quick enough. I can make it to the other end, right? And I I call a very confident yes. And the batter at the other end looks at me questioningly but runs anyway. <laughs> it was just the perfect questioning look. But I'm like, no, no, no. I got, I got this. I can make a good decision. Yeah, yeah faith so, in me. So I run and... Um, the, the guy just gets to the ball. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> he just gets to the ball quicker than I had possibly anticipated. And he just throws it back at the stumps. And it's a bullet throw right on top of the stumps. But it wouldn't have mattered if it was a lob that was like five metres wide. Because I was out by about four metres. <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. And I just felt stupid because I'm like, we are a lot of wickets down. We are chasing a really big total. And I've just run myself out by four metres because a 50-year-old man has chased after the ball and put it on top of the stumps. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> I don't think... I think those stories do a good job of... Um, 
really capturing our personalities correctly yeah. is I'm just an idiot. And you vastly overestimate your abilities. <laughs> hey, at least I admit it that I'm only going to get runs through fine leg and third man. Yeah, no, that's that's me too, not going to lie. But, yeah, so I got run out for two, which was a shame because you actually made two that day as well. So I, I wanted to get a higher score than you. And I was five metres or four metres from beating your score, which was a sad moment indeed. Yeah, that would have been a an impressive feat for you but unfortunately you managed to do that instead which is equally an impressive feat but for completely the opposite reasons yeah i was walking back feeling just dumb and the problem is like our teammates like are sitting on the sideline directly in line with the wicket so they can see how far out i am and it's like when you're walking back like they're 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 saying they're just giving you that face they're just like what are you doing well they're saying you know good try sort of thing but really the underlying tone is what were you thinking what are you thinking? It's <laughs> uh, classic. Right. Um, so for next week for story time, there is something people out there can do. So we have actually just started our Facebook page just before the show. So it's Cricket by Dummies. It's got a darkish green logo or it's probably not dark green, just a green logo. doesn't have many likes if you want to try and figure out which page it is <laughs> um, or identify it. But essentially what we'll do is on the Sunday night, we will ask the question that we are going to talk about in the next episode. So we'll probably do story time just about every week, I would think. And um, so we'll post on Facebook and be like, I don't know, what's the most embarrassing run out you've ever had? Like, but I, Yeah, I think for next week, we will just say, what's the most embarrassing run out you've had? Okay. And then we'll come up with our new category for next week and then they can do the one after that. Yep. And, but essentially, the comment that ma- or the story that makes us laugh the most, we will put on the radio. And we will tell it to everyone else. So you'll get to be embarrassed by not only us, but the entire listening audience, but which have is a the other seven it. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they'll have a good laugh at it, I'd yeah. hope. So, I don't know, it's just a way we can hopefully connect with you all a bit more and whilst also having a bit of a laugh because that's what we're aiming to do here on Cricket by Dummies. Definitely. So let us know for next week what is your worst run out story. Um, moving on now, let's talk about the T20 series in India, which has just concluded. Australia has just finished playing and... Why are we even talking about this? Yeah, look, we actually prepped for five to seven minutes on this, but I'm just not. Yeah, we're, we're going to cut through this real fine. Um, I believe you have an opening joke. Would you like to get it out of the way before we actually start talking about the matches? No, I'd rather close it. <laughs> uh, first of all, um, the third T20 happened. That was washed out. I guess that was a relief. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sure Australia were very grateful for that. Um, the first T20 was a quite a comprehensive win for India. They smashed us after we put in a very unimpressive batting performance. Um, but we actually rolled them in the second one. Again, complete opposite of the first one. Very comprehensive. Thanks to Jason Berendorf, who was an inclusion into the side in the second game. Took four for 21, including Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, Shikta Darwan, and... I can't remember who the first one was, but those, the, those the entire top order basically yeah. uh, took them all out himself. Incredibly impressive performance. What did you think about this series, Chuck? Well, uh, the series was, I mean, we didn't lose the series. It was one all, <laughs> so that was always a positive. That in itself is a but win. But Berendorf is kind of like the opposite of uh, Joe Manny. You look at it and it's like, that's not a commoner's name. <laughs> this doesn't inspire me. I mean, he got four for 21, but there's no way I could get four for 521. So I, I just thought I'd bring that up, <laughs> that it's it's not a commoner's name. Um, no, the series as a whole, I mean, it was two games and it's T20 and T20 is so game to game. It's ridiculous. I mean, we won one game, which we can't say for most of the rest of the series. Yeah. But I mean, I don't 
really care about our T20 team at the moment. It's just a bit of a nothing. And that Indian T20 team is very good. I expected to lose 3-0. And so the fact was... that we got one self is a win. Um, the uh, quite interesting thing that happened in this series outside of the cricket itself was that uh, whilst they were over there, the Australian team was leaving the match in the second T20, I believe. Yes. In the second T20, and a rock was thrown at the bus. Yeah, it shattered the window as well. I don't know yeah. if you've seen the picture of it, but it's a rather nasty shatter. It's quite a scary thing to happen, isn't it? Oh, I know. Aaron Finch was talking about it on his one of his social media platforms and just talking about how the fact that it was quite a bit shook him up a little bit, just being like, oh, hang on, I'm not quite as safe as I thought I was. Yeah. It, well, it's just a reminder that you're not at home, are you? And you're yes. in a place of the world that isn't as safe as, say, Australia. Uh, the Indian cricketing board did come out and completely condemn the action. So, yeah, all good there. Now let's wrap up. We've we've spent a lot of time in the subcontinent here in Australia. Um, we did a tour of Bangladesh, played five ODIs against India, and now three twenties. Give us a wrap up of the whole thing. So, Alex, it's time to sum up the highly, high, highly successful tour of the subcontinent where we went to the countries you just named. So we began our journey in Bangladesh against the most talented side in world cricket. And by talented, I mean they have one player who's world-class in the entire lineup named Shakib. But he beat us anyway, so... He beat us by himself. Essentially. It was, it was disgusting in that first test when he got 10 wickets and 89 runs just yeah. by himself. Anyway, so, I mean, the Australian media, obviously we defended the Australian team because this is a world-class side. I mean, world-class sides beat... Not so well classified. So, you know, the the drawn series was lauded in Australia as a success. <laughs> Definitely. And, and it was a good momentum booster for going into India, a side that, you know, isn't isn't as talented as, to be honest. And, uh, you know, Australia, you know, they kept doing the same, same. They kept losing. And from there, we kept on losing. And it's actually a really interesting strategy, losing. We talked about tying last week. Yes. But I've, I think losing is definitely the way of going. It builds morale. That's what it builds. It builds perseverance. It actually does non-sarcastically build perseverance. And now the Australian team comes back to Australia with an Ashes tour ahead of it and the public is just fueled with hope. No, we're not. This was terrible. Australia, get your act together. We expect better. Yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. We will be back with our end segment and our wrap-up for the show after this, which is I Love You Always Forever by Betty Who. That was I Love You Always Forever by Betty Who. You're back here on Sin 90.7 FM with Cricket by Dummies. And Alex, I know I may waste your time over the next three minutes, but there's something I really want to... Actually, no, I need to. I need (laughs) to get it off my shoulders because it's been bugging me for a very long time now. And also, I want to know if it's bugging everyone else out there because I've heard it here and there. I've seen it on Twitter before. And by the way, before I start this, this is actually related to cricket in some <laughs> minuscule way. I'm sure you'll get there eventually. So, now everyone with a phone, at some point in their lives, I guarantee they've complained about autocorrect. Have you? Yes, definitely. Autocorrect is like the bane of everyone's existences. Have you heard like the saying, there's three certainties in life? Yes. Death, taxes, and people being pissed off by autocorrect. Yeah, that's that's the three. That's yeah, the one they always talk it's about. obviously that one. To be honest, that would be up there with one of the most annoying things and like that is actually a constant like bad wi-fi 
Yeah, bad Wi-Fi. I hate bad Wi-Fi. That, bad Wi-Fi oh. is up there as well. Maybe I should just complain about bad Wi-Fi for the next few minutes. And <laughs> live... It's not like you prepared a segment on autocorrect or anything. No, 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 no. And it's not like I had it so it barely related to cricket. No, let's go to bad <laughs> Wi-Fi where it doesn't relate to cricket whatsoever. Yeah. No, so I really do want to know if people there have suffered like I have because this is it. This is it, Alex. This is the moment. It, it autocorrects cricket. The, on the Apple iOS phone, it autocorrects cricket. And do you know what it autocorrects it to? Think I'm of, sure it's some important word that just everyone will be typing all the time, right? I'm, I'm sure it's in the dictionary. Oh, wait. No, it's not. It's like cricky. It's, it's with the Y on it. It's like crikey and cricket. It's like Steve Irwin's playing cricket and he's fielding at mid on. Wait, so it's not even like crikey as in the way he says it. No. Because there's a C in there. There's a C in there. So it's oh. not actually a word. It's not actually crikey or it's not actually cricket. It's something in between. <laughs> and there have been people posting on Twitter about it. I've heard people complain about it. This is a joke, Apple. We expect better. If we're paying... Uh, what's the meme? $1,000 for an iPhone 10. There better be... There better be no glitch on it for cricket because it's it has to be a glitch, right? Because there's no way it can autocorrect to a word that doesn't exist. You would think not. Like I literally looked it up and it's just it just doesn't exist. And it has I've got it written on our thing here and it's got a red underline underneath it. It's clearly not a word. And I'm just not ready to deal with this. But I mean, as you can see, autocorrect gets me ducking mad. <laughs> Uh, that was a pretty good one. I enjoyed that. Um, that'll be our end for the show tonight. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Cricket by Dummies and on Omni on Cricket by Dummies where you can listen to last week's episode, which is up. And if you missed that by any chance or if you missed sections of this week's episode, you can go back and listen to that there from tomorrow onwards. Yeah. Couldn't have put it any better. So we look forward to getting all your comments on Sunday when the post goes out. I'll probably put it out about mid-afternoon give you all plenty of time to post and I'll look through the comments and hopefully have a good laugh at them because I'm sure there's been plenty of good runouts out there. Definitely. Um, also, I'm trying to think I had something else too. Oh yes, preview for next week. <laughs> um, next week we will be breaking down the first ODI in the Ashes Begins in the Women's Comp um, on Sunday. The JLT Cup Final is Saturday so we'll be talking a little bit about that as well as some of the best players across the tournament from, from for a whole um, and we may even have an interview. More to Stay come tuned. on that. Yes. Stay tuned. Um, with maybe someone involved. Maybe. Maybe. We'll just keep <laughs> hinting. <laughs> <laughs> We're not actually sure yet. Can you tell? Um, it's like one of those MasterChef ads where it's like, it just comes in. At, no way. It's not like one of those MasterChef ads. I had a <laughs> blank, blank there. Anyways, no. I, thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you had a good time. I hope it was not too much of a shambles and hopefully we made you laugh a bit and hopefully we made you reminisce of your old cricket stories because I know when we thought of this I was like okay I actually have lots of cricket memories from when I was young and they're they're all in your brain you just gotta you just gotta pick them out yeah definitely um you can find me on football by dummies every week on iTunes SoundCloud and YouTube um my name is Alex Henry I'm Chuck and this is cricket by dummies Thank you.